Welcome to the Beauty and Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Shawnee, and today we discuss the B-side of life, love, and business. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of the Beauty and Soul Podcast. Today, I have another lovely guest by the name of Berhinda Williams. She is a poet, teacher, author, television and film producer, youth advocate, and public speaker. As founder of the Power of Girlhood, a nonprofit leadership development institute for girls, 13 to 18 years old, Williams in June 2011 sponsored the first Power of Girlhood, a full day of celebratory and empowering programs, performances, vendors, and activities. The Power of Girlhood hosts workshops and girlhood activities throughout the metro Detroit area and has a residency at various schools. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. No problem. Let's go ahead and get started with our quote. Most of the basic material a writer works with is acquired before the age of 15. And that's by Willa Cather. I thought that was very, very fitting for this episode, being that you work with young girls. But how did you get started writing poetry? Sure. So it was based off of, I love that quote, by the way, I'm starting to think about my own work. And honestly, (laughs) when I started writing, I was, it was before 15 that I started writing. And it was because of some stupid boy that broke my heart and I was just so distraught over it. And so I started writing poetry. But I, I, I quickly realized that I think that I, had, I, I felt um, really at home with poetry. It was a space for me. It was a catharsis. And I shared it with a lot of my friends. And they thought that I was a great writer. And the work really resonated with them. So it's something that I, I've taken with me, you know, obviously into, into my adult life. But before I am anything, I'll tell anyone, before I do anything, Power of Girlhood or Bilingual or, or any of the other things that I, I do, I'm a poet first. Yes, yes, I love it. I love it. Poetry is your first, first, first love. love. (laughs) Yeah, I feel the same way about music and singing. Like, you know, that's, that's how I express myself and also writing, you know, writing songs and writing poetry is also what I what I do as well. When I'm feeling, Mm. when I'm feeling some kind of way. Some kind of way. (laughs) You know, that's my thing. That's Mm -hmm. my thing. I'm gonna pull out that pen real quick, you know, that good pen. But it's also something I had to learn to do instead of, you know, maybe like um, being angry or, you know, being upset or just sitting in that, that dark feeling. I just learned to release through words and through melodies and it's really helped me. So I think that's really amazing that you do that as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. tell me, who are the three people um, that you would say have been influenced you the most? Yeah. So my Wow. So my biggest three people, one, she's not a poet. Well, in my mind, she's a poet, but Karen Wheeler from the group Soul to Soul influenced my work in ways that I can't even begin to describe or explain. She is just absolutely phenomenal um, singer, songwriter. Um, Second will be Rumi, Mm -hmm. who is a Sufi cleric from uh, medieval Persia, uh, modern day, uh, it would be Iran. And his work is just so mystical and powerful. And he has this really divine connection with God. And, um, you know, his poetry has lived, you know, survived the test of time. Anybody that is interested, you know, your listeners, just Google him, pull him up. 
he has the, I mean, his poetry will just have you just spellbound and speechless. And then um, Audrey Lord, that woman can do no wrong. I would say that her, her work in terms of being a woman, being a woman of color, um, you know, running the intersections of, of sexual identity, like she just, yeah, just all of, all of the things. And um, yeah, so I would say that that work, those, those three are the ones that, um, yeah, they really told the line for me in terms of the work. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's really, really awesome. Um, so what have you read or listened to recently that has inspired you? Elijah Cummings, his homegoing ceremony, I was in tears. I mean, I really think that you know the mark of a person at the end of their lives. What are the things that people say about them? And I remember just listening and uh, one of the uh, speakers was eulogizing him, talked about her work with him. She named her son after him. Mm. And I thought that was really powerful and a huge testament to his character, to his influence. And, you know, she just spoke about him and just the highest esteem and how she was just, how he was always there for her, how he had this heart, this just tremendous heart for the people. And, you know, for those of you listening, because this is, you know, worldwide for context, like Baltimore, Maryland, like any urban area condensed with, with black people there's this always this juxtaposition of like gentrification so it's almost like there are these parallel universes that live side side by side and when you listen to him standing up and being an advocate and even influencing her to stand up to be an advocate and to name her son after him that's that right there said to me you have to to live your life backward what do you want people to say at the end of your life and you have to live your life that way Yes, 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 yes. I, I agree a thousand percent. I always remember um, the fa- my favorite scene from this movie called Serendipity. Mm-hmm. I love that movie, um, <laughs> <laughs> like for yeah. so many different reasons. Um, but one of the main reasons were was because of the obituary scene that the main character's best friend wrote for him, and he was just talking about like you know, how he was just so inspired by his friend being fearless and and going after love and like taking a chance to have a life that he's always wanted. Like he gave up everything just to find true happiness. And he wrote it, you know, he wrote it from a place of, you know, like, um, like his friend passed away, but he was just so Mm. inspired by it. And then he gave it to his friend as a gift. He said, because he said, I know, he said, I know you're upset with how the situation turned out, but I wrote this for you. And he was just like, you know, and he just left him. (laughs) And he just left him to like read it on his own. And he was like reading it. And I was just like, yo, like, what are they going to say about me? You know what I'm saying? And that, Mm -hmm. that also kind of made me, you know, um, be more mindful of how I'm moving and how I'm communicating and how I'm handling different souls because I don't just believe that they're just, they're different souls. I want to be careful with how I treat people because at the end of the day, it has to live on beyond me. What is my legacy going to consist of? Is it going to be, you know, she's a mean person that did nothing or is Mm -hmm. it going to be, she's a a nice person that, you know, did amazing things for people. So it's really, it's really important for us to be mindful of what we're doing in the present for the future. 
Yes, I think that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's amazing, amazing. So, okay, let's talk about the power of girlhood. What caused you to start the organization? So I started the power of girlhood as a uh, secondary um, teacher. I was teaching 10th grade and we had a break from traditional academics. And in that space, we had an opportunity to uh, work, do some gender specific work. And as we started talking, me, myself and and this group of girls, we just started really just talking and we really having some candid discussions about life and relationships and parents and you know divorce and identity and what what, what do I do um you know after high school and things that they were afraid of and we just kept talking and it spilled into lunchtime and then we got a lunch table together where we could sit down and we could talk about what was affecting them but then start to formulate some solutions and that was the moment that the power of girlhood was born and so I started, you know, to talk to my colleagues about, you know, what we did in our sessions. And they were like, oh, wow, you know, that that sounds really great. And that's, you know, really profound. You know, we have some of the similar issues. So we started a mentoring program within the school and we broke the girls up into smaller groups. But for me, it was that um, serendipitous <laughs> <laughs> uh, opportunity that do I continue to teach or do I take a leap of faith? So I, <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I, I did, I, I took a leap of faith and it's been, I'm not going to say it's been a cakewalk because it has not. Um, but I will say I regret nothing. Every ounce of struggle, doubt, pain, fear, anxiety, frustration, I feel was the building blocks to take us to where we are now. I mean, we've had events where we've had over 200 girls represented for the International Day of the Girl, which is an event that we put on every year that's sanctioned by the United Nations to, you know, support from parents whose daughters have since graduated from our program. They're like seniors in college now getting ready to graduate, but still talk about the testament and the impact that the program has had. And girls that we still, you know, inform our programming that are like 4.0 students now at, um, for example, uh, Clark Atlanta, really proud of, you know, our babies that are, are in school. And some are still navigating and trying to find their own, their own way. But our point is, is that when you come into our organization, we take the whole family on. So it's not just the girl. We take everything that she comes with. And so um, that really makes me happy that we're able to do that. And the power of girlhood is, is my second home. So after poetry, I think that that space of, of girlhood and the permissions of girls now, I just marvel at the fact of how much space they take up. And I'm really excited to see that. <laughs> I know, I know, me too. I have two daughters and it is really um, important for me to um, instill that self-love and and just let them to be, you know, free to communicate um I'm always encouraging them to like you know speak up it's okay like you don't have to you know just keep all of that in your and be bottled up you know because that's what Mm -hmm. I was taught especially Mm -hmm. growing up in a a Caribbean household like you you're not supposed to talk you're supposed to just sit there and just be there you know um but but I don't want that for my girls I'm always like you know what what do you think about this like let's talk about this as a family you know opposed to I'm just dictating 
everybody's life. I don't want my household to be that way. So I think it's really, really amazing that you started working with girls around 13 and 18, because that's a very impactful time frame. Because I know for me personally, I feel like mm-hmm. everything, everything changed for me when I turned 12. <laughs> like everything changed yes. for me. The game yeah. changes. Yes. <laughs> like eyes wide awake. I'm like, yo, what's really going on? Nobody likes yeah. me. My life sucks. You know? Yeah. Your um, body is a stranger to you yes. now. You got all these hormones coming out of everything. Like, oh my God, what's happening to me? Absolutely. Why do I feel like I'm losing my mind? Yeah, it's so much. And sometimes you can't talk to your parents. So it's important sometimes. for <laughs> right. I couldn't. I couldn't. My best friend, she couldn't, you know. So I think it's really amazing for you to create a space for girls to feel safe enough to communicate the different things that they're trying to figure out at that time, because that's a very, 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 very sensitive time, you know, and it, you could be molded in the right way or molded in the wrong way, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's important Mm -hmm. to have that, that type of mentorship, especially around those ages. So very critical. Yeah, Very kudos critical. for you, girlfriend. That's amazing. Well, kudos for you, mom, for changing the family narrative, you know, for yeah. changing it to having a space where they can really be open, because a lot of our girls are come from ethnic um, backgrounds. We're about a third African-American, a third Latina, and a third um, Arabic-speaking Muslim um, predominantly. So when you're trying to dismantle um, you know, some family beliefs and cultural norms that kind of inhibit girls from being expressive and vocal. That's hard. It's really yeah. difficult when you don't have the community all the time that's going to be set up to support that. So you're kind of going counterculture. And as you know, you said you were, you, you were raised in a Caribbean household. You go counterculture, like you can run the risk of being like excommunicated from not just your family, but excommunicated from the community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. And that has happened. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I'm sure that's a whole other show, but yeah, I mean that—that's the risk. Yeah, yeah, but you run when you decide that you really want to start dismantling some of the damaging parts. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that you know, but when you have that that inner strength. Yes, that, and that self-love <laughs> that I ins- try to instill in everybody, you're like, you know what? You don't have to agree with me, but this is what it is. Yeah. And that's, that's just right. that. And that's that on that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love so, it. So a lot of women and a lot of um, girls are tapping back into our power. That's our, right. femin- our feminine strength, you know? Um, so I'm all for girl power all day long. It's, it's amazing. And just to in, um, infuse the arts into that, I think that's even more amazing. So I know you have a summit coming up. So tell us about that. Yeah, so I'm planning a summit for next year. I'm really excited about that on um, in March. And so the coaching work that I do, I work with predominantly a female uh, identify empaths. So people don't know what an empath is. It's for those people that have a heightened sensitivity. So these are the people that are able to feel the thoughts, feelings, and emotions of another person. So the work by a noted psychologist, Dr. Julie Orloff, really kind of coined this and um, gave a name to uh, those people that are highly sensitive as women were naturally intuitive beings. I mean, I swear I would do things and my mom would just know. I'm like, how did you just know that? <laughs> but it, it really allows you to really tap in 
um, to that space. So I'm doing a summit that will highlight different um, visionary empaths because that's the particular type of empath that I work with. These visionaries who you know, come from business, creativity, um, spirituality, science that are all coming together to, you know, help really change our world because I'm really concerned, like going back to Elijah Cummings piece, I'm really concerned about the space and time that we're living in and what we're doing um, as individuals mm -hmm. to um, create a better world for your girls. I want them to, oh, I don't know, have a planet to live on, <laughs> um, to, yeah, that part, to have a space where their voices are heard and they matter. So I, I'm, I'm really excited about putting a summit together of different visionary, empathic um, individuals and their insights on not only how they run a business, but the contributions that we as individuals, because each of us, I believe, creates an impact. You create a ripple in the wave to make this world just a little bit better. Yes. Oh, this sounds amazing. I um I can relate to that in so many different ways because I definitely feel, you know, I am an empath and it's it can be very very challenging at times, you know, uh -huh. picking up on 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 so many different energies. Um you have to learn how to to navigate that space. That's right. <laughs> you know, which which is a whole nother part. <laughs> a, a whole nother beast of life. Um, but you know, nonetheless, I look at it as a superpower. It is a superpower. Mm -hmm. I totally, I totally look at it um in that way too. And it's funny that you mentioned that you're also a singer songwriter. Many empaths have a creative knack. They have the ability, and I think that that's part of um, the catharsis, the need to process all of the energies that you're you're feeling, but many of the artists that we, the beloved artists that we know and love, and our music that we that we, the soundtrack of our lives, are probably written by empathic musicians because again they're able to tap into like human emotion, yeah. in in a way that is not always commonplace. So Absolutely. yeah, yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> you, yeah, totally, totally agree with all of that. And yeah. then you know, and, and it's kind of sad because then on the flip side when I see artists who have struggles, let's just say like Demi Lovato, I, I don't know what it is about her, but I just connect with her in so many different ways. And I, I just, I feel so bad for her. And um, like, you know, whenever she has issues with, with her addiction, it always like really, really hits me. And I just really, really feel so bad for her because mm -hmm. some people, they just don't have, um, another creative outlet or they don't have another way to process what's going on with their life you know maybe maybe when she was younger music was her outlet but then music turned into her her career and her job and how she had to provide for herself and her family so she probably isn't able to use that uh the same way that she once was so sometimes they turn to drugs or alcohol or mm -hmm. you know, uh, become addicted to sex or they're mm -hmm. or they commit suicide Keep going. These are all the shadow sides of yes. being, these are all the shadow sides of being empathic. And many times people will say, well, you know, they have the best life. They have all of these things. And so why aren't they happy? And, you know, being happy is really an inside job. But again, for them to tap into those raw emotions that makes us love their songs or you know, the lyrics like Mary J. Blige, the My Life album, right? I yes. mean, many of us will say that is, you know, but it's that low, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that, she unfortunately you know was privy to that just transcended um not just her pain but also for us too because we really love her her fans you know we love that my life album but 
she had to survive that. And how did you process and then, you know, really synthesize like those really deep, dark and complex emotions that spoke. She might as well been speaking to me. You know, right. we so feel that personal, us. you know, sometimes yeah. about, these, about certain artists. Yeah, it's like, that was like, you just took my story. So I do think that there's something powerful and beautiful uh, about having that ability to create, you know, soundscapes that really just kind of minister to your soul. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And like I said, we just need to have more spaces where people are able to do that and and feel safe and not feel yeah. judged you know what i'm saying like right. you know like how you know people go to the apollo like amateur night part and then people are performing and they get booed and things like that i've never i've never wanted that for people you know that that yeah. doesn't feel good i mean granted you know not everybody is the, the the best artist whatever but sometimes people are creating not not for you to like it but they're creating because they need to that's right i mean art therapy is a whole movement yeah. i'm sure that's a whole but i i just really believe that creativity you know whether you're the best painter like i can't paint to save my life you know but i love painting with a twist or or having the opportunity to paint because again it's it's soothing it's comforting yeah. or like the adult coloring books so i just feel really passionate about you know expression and creativity and um you know people not necessarily doing it as a for an income but being able to do something that helps you know just to help you feel better Absolutely. Yes. I'm, I'm for that all day long, uh, all day long. So as a poet, mm-hmm. <laughs> do you mind sharing a little piece with us? It doesn't have to be long, just a little bit. Yeah. So we will look, we won't do the Iliad over here, do the, the epic poetry, <laughs> but I'll give you all a small piece um, um, of a poem. So it's called, um, <laughs> It's called La Invitacion, which is Spanish for the invitation. So I'll do it in Spanish first, and then I'll come back and do it in English. Okay. So, I hope you like it. <laughs> este es para los hombres en nombres, las mujeres en carros, los niños y futuros. Este es para todo. Este es una invitación a la cena grande. Ojalá que ustedes puedan encontrar paz. Ojalá que ustedes puedan encontrar salvación. Este es el momento, el lugar, la oportunidad. Tome la invitación. Wow. de mí. This is for the men without names, the women without faces, the children without futures. This is for everyone. This is the invitation to the great feast. I hope that you all can find peace. I hope that you all can find salvation. This is the opportunity, the time, and the place. Take this invitation. Take all of me. (laughs) Yes! I love poetry. And as I'm listening to you, it just reminds me of my favorite show that I haven't seen in forever, Deaf Poetry. What was it? Deaf Poetry Jam or Deaf Poetry? I don't remember. Um, Deaf Poetry Jam. Deaf Poetry Jam. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. That was everything to me. Like I used to wait up for that show just to watch it. And I used to be like, snapping my fingers like I was in the audience you know I've always 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 wanted to be on that show and your piece just really reminded me of that poetry jam I think that was really really (laughs) thank you (laughs) yes we need that we need that that feel again you know people getting together and just just sharing different um art forms it's really a way of uniting 
everybody, you know? That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, I enjoyed this conversation. Like, I I'm did like, too. I feel like we're friends now. <laughs> I know. Same. <laughs> uh, hey, yeah. Don't be a stranger. I know. You don't be a stranger either. Anytime, sis. Reach out. <laughs> any, anytime. And, yes. and anything I can do to support you in this beautiful movement that you are creating for, you know, business and beauty and soul and community. Just, I mean, please don't, don't hesitate. Oh, thank you so much. I really, truly do appreciate that. Um, as I as I interview and add people to the podcast, I really do connect with everybody I talk to. Like, I really do feel like y'all are my friends now. Yeah. And that was that was the whole point of me creating Beauty and Soul because when I when I made the decision that I was going to you know pursue music and get back into to my art. I realized it was kind of lonely. Like I didn't have yeah. that many friends that understood why I was <laughs> doing it or even what I was doing. Um, so I was like, you know what? I need to find a way to make friends who get it, you know? So mm -hmm. I started I started Beauty and Soul Brunch and that kind of just grew to where we are right now, Beauty and Soul Lifestyle. So I really, truly do appreciate, appreciate that. It. And thank you so much for being on the show. Um, so where can everyone find you online? Absolutely. So they can go directly to uh, Berhenda Williams, and that's B-E-R hyphen H-E-N-D-A Williams dot com. I'm the only one in the world. I Google myself. I'm the only one in the world. You can put MirandaWilliams.com. And there you can find out more information about the power of girlhood and some of the other brands that I have to offer. And then if you sign up for our newsletter, you'll get a free gift. And then you too can find out if you have the empathic trait. So there's a quiz there, an assessment that's available as soon as you sign up for the newsletter to find out if you are empathic. Oh, I love that idea. <laughs> but you know, if they're, if they're a listener of Beauty and Soul, they probably are. Because they probably like yeah. our friends, too. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they probably are. They okay. probably are. <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and get into my second favorite part of the episode, which is the three words. So I'm going to give you three words, and then you tell me the first word that comes to your okay. mind after each word, okay? Okay. All right. So the first one is life. Mm, God. Oh, I love it. Love. Heart. Oh, and business. Purpose. Oh, I love it. So we have God, heart, and purpose. That's beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> All right, dear. Oh. I won't hold you because I know you are out of the country living your best life, honey. Well, I'm actually in your home territory. I'm really? actually, yeah. So I am in um St. Mar I'm in St. Martin um, right now. So I'm not sure which island your your people are from. Barbara. But um, yeah, I am. I'm in. I'm, oh, my best <laughs> friend. This is, I'm, and I'm not lying to you. My best friend. They're from Barbados. Their family is from Barbados. Her yes. grandmother. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's awesome, girl. Yes. You enjoy. Yes. You enjoy because I'm in New York and it's cold. Okay. So. <laughs> So you have a great time. Well, you know what? This just is an excuse. So then I need to come to the Barbados for Carnival. So that's them. We just need to make yes. a date. You know, that's all there is to it. Side note, side note. I was telling my friend the other day, I was like, you know what? I really want to go to Carnival like one year, like just go all out. Like go I'm going to dress up and everything. Mm-hmm. 
I'm really mm-hmm. gonna do it. I'm really yeah. gonna do it. Yeah, I'm I'm for that. I'm for that. We can let's make that. let's look 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 let's make it happen. Cause look, I have some feathers. Let me put yes. some feathers and and a, a beaded bikini. Like, what do I need yes. to do? Yes, yes. What do I need stilts. to do? Don't play with me. Don't play what with me. What I need me. to let's... do? Cause I'm about to be out here. Okay. Listen, out here in these streets, honey. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all just so wait for it. it. Y'all just wait for it. Y'all gonna be like, what in the world? She said she wanted to do it. Yes. Do it, and now it's I'm done. going to do it. I feel like you know. I need to do it at least once. At least once. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, once you say a thing, I mean, we're we're really powerful manifestors beyond what we really recognize. We started talking about it. Listen, y'all got a year to get ready. Yep. Just saying. That's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Start doing them squats, sis. Save them coins. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my God. That's for, mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. No problem. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. And thank you so much for being on the show. I did indeed, sis. All right. All right, beautiful people. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Berhenda. She was amazing. I really, really enjoyed talking to her. And she's doing some amazing things. So guys, make sure you support her. Make sure you're following her on social media so you can stay updated with all of the information that she has out there. Um, All right. So now on to our feature song. And it's by Karen Wheeler. You know, Berhenda actually suggested it. And I was like, you know what? I remember this song and it's perfect. So it's titled I Adore You by Karen Wheeler. It's throwback, but I know you guys will love it. listening to the beauty and soul podcast where we discuss the b-side of life love and business i hope you enjoyed it and as always keep god first and don't forget to share rate and subscribe until next time